Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 100. The 100 episode milestone isn't actually the only thing of interest tonight, because tonight's show also marks the first time that we have live streamed an episode. So starting tonight, you can check out the show live as we record it. You can go back to YouTube, check it out there, or you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. So there is simply no excuse for not listening to us, because we're pretty awesome. Hey, before we get rolling tonight, I want to give you a quick sneak peek at what's coming up over the next few months. We have some uh, really cool guests coming onto the show. We've got Michael Cerevolo from the uh, president, actually, of Schechter Guitars and the mastermind behind Beauty and Chaos. And uh, he's going to come on and chat about his new album called Behind the Veil. We also have Starchild Comics coming in. They are an upstart comic company, and they're launching a new line of superhero comics. So it'll be fun to talk to those guys. And we've got some new releases coming up. Old friends, Dava Quartet has some really cool stuff coming out. Stabbing Westward. I think Mr. Mundy is quite the fan. He'll be excited about that one. We've got Envy of None, Slipknot, and of course the mentioned Beauty and Chaos. And um, we're pretty excited about all those. Oh, and also Slash next week. Tonight's episode is brought to you by 4411 Creative Agency. The good folks at 4411 provide custom marketing and flawless execution. Creative is their middle name. Head over to 4411creative.com to find out more. And now it's time to get this show rolling. And joining me is JPP. Easy listening sounds for the hard of hearing. It's JPP. We're live. I'm feeling a lot of pressure right now. <laughs> Is going? that what is that why it's so dark over there? So if things go bad, you can just slink into the background. It's always dark and brooding here. <laughs> You're like a teenager. Hey, leave me alone. I'm in my uh, room. <laughs> and, and on a brighter note, joining us is Mr. Metalhead Mundy. Step inside into his mind. It's boy band time. It's Metalhead Mundy. Well, I don't know about brighter, but I'm here. Got what a lot of from? knickknacks back there. Is that a curio cabinet? Can can you hear us, Monday? Uh, I didn't. You guys froze up. I'm sorry. Oh well, then oh, he was asking if that was a curio cabinet. Uh, two of them, actually. Oh man, a twofer. Cool. Something tells me that is more lacy than metalhead, but who knows? Yeah, I, my stuff's relegated to the bottom shelf. <laughs> so you can't see it. Nice, excellent. Well, hey, let's uh, let's get started because we do have quite a bit of stuff to get to tonight. We're going to be discussing some of our favorite moments over the last 100 episodes from the show, and we're going to be talking about our first and some of our most memorable concert memories. So, let's start off with our concert memories. So, gentlemen, we'll begin with JPP. Let's go with your first. What was the first? concert that you ever saw uh the first uh really cool experience i had actually was with metalhead monday uh mm -hmm. his his mom and stepdad um put us up for the night in a hotel down in carmel area if i'm not mistaken drove us down to market square arena to see kiss great white and trickster and uh kiss was the headliner of course it was on their revenge tour <laughs> yep. and they actually recorded a live three uh while they were there so yeah uh, i think uh a live three they recorded in indy Cleveland and Detroit, I mm -hmm. believe. Yeah. So it's pretty cool to know that, uh, you know, there's probably us in the background yelling and we couldn't be heard, of course, because, you know, we weren't 
on the mics, but we were there. Um, still pretty kick-ass show. Uh, really, really good time. And um, hey, Indiana Man says everything's working well. Thank you, Indiana awesome. Man. He must be a Hoosier. So yeah, that's that's uh, that's my submission for today. Well, yeah, was that, that was definitely a good time. Um, I you know. I don't, I still, to this day, I don't understand why my mother was, uh, you know, so supportive of the metal stuff, but she was, she was very cool. She helped me get a lot of concert tickets and, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. And like Paul said, they, they took us down there and we stayed in a hotel overnight and we got yelled at because we were wired from the concert and they were trying <laughs> to sleep and we were messing around with each other you know, laughing and all that. So, yep. Yep. And I remember the, when we were at the show, <laughs> this guy walked up to us like, Hey, you know where I can score some good stuff. And I'm just like, dude, I'm like 15. I yeah. don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> Coke and popcorns that way. <laughs> exactly. If you want one of those big fingers from WWE, I suggest the, uh, the merch booth over there. That was back in the days too, before cell phones. I mean, they literally just yeah. dropped us off in front of Market Square Arena and was like, "We'll meet you here after the show." Yeah, yeah. We stood out there forever waiting. It was cold, and you know, it was like a bunch of people walking by and a little nervous. Don't get me wrong. In Indianapolis, and you know, being young and naive, but we survived, and it was a hell of experience. So, yep. Good time. I actually enjoyed the shows at Market Square. I feel like the acoustics were far better than whatever it's called now. It keeps changing its name, and and I've seen them in the Hoosier Dome, and God, the acoustics were so awful in those. But I felt like Market Square had pretty nice acoustics for a mm -hmm. an arena. Yeah, you know, I'd been there several times for events, and WWF being one of them. Mm -hmm. You know, with leaping Lanny Poffo and Hacksaw Jim Duggan and yeah. all that stuff. So um, it was yeah. always a great time. I'm sad to see it go. In fact, when I randomly met Hacksaw Jim Duggan a few years ago at a comic convention, we talked about Market Square, and he said he loved that place so much. He said it was nice. a great venue to come to. Very cool. Yeah, we saw. Yeah, we um, saw Hulk Hogan slam Andre the Giant there. Yeah, nice. I was there. I was there. Sweet. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we saw lots of good shows there and, um, I'm trying, I've never, I never went to the, like the Hoosier Dome or anything like that. I think I went there one time to see my, uh, cousin play like the got tipped and got into the state finals for football or something. And they played there. So, but I never saw a show there. That kind of stuff is like, it's too big. Um, uh, I, uh. Market Square was great. Uh, the Field House, I like. I don't know who the sponsor is right now either, but I just call it the Field House. Yeah. I've seen a, I've seen a few shows there. I've, I've heard good audio and really crappy audio, but I don't. I prefer smaller shows anyway. So, mm -hmm. cool. all right. So uh, Monday, what was your first? My first concert was in July of 1991. I was 15 years old, and I had a couple of. Well, I had one buddy and I ended up going with him and a friend of his. And we went to see the Clash of the Titans tour. This was Anthrax, Megadeth and Slayer. It was a huge metal tour. They all had uh, new albums out, you know, in 90 and 91. Um, and they were they went on this massive uh, summer tour. And basically what they did was they rotated the lineup every night so you never know who was gonna open and close and all that 
And they took uh, actually an opening act was this little band that nobody really knew very well called Alice in Chains. Oh, that little group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the only song anyone knew was Man in the Box. So that was kind of cool. And they played, you know, broad daylight and like half foot, half capacity. And <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but I saw Alice in Chains. I saw Lane. So that's awesome. And then that that's night. Cool. And that night they actually played in alphabetical order. So it was Anthrax and then Megadeth and then Slayer. And uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, and the kicker was really cool. It was uh, at that time we kind of called it uh, Deer Creek. Now it's like everything else. It's got a sponsor and it changes all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, but at that time, Deer Creek would have a fair every summer and they would do free concerts during the fair. And this was one of those. So it was literally $6 admission for, to get into the fair. And I saw this show for free blew my mind. Wow. Do you guys remember at the deer Creek, they would have the low dough car load show. Yes. And you would just pay like a 20 bucks for the car. Everybody got in. Yeah. I do remember that. Now the convenience charge is more than 20 bucks. No kidding. Yep. Yeah, and wow. I remember when you went to that concert because you asked if I could go, and my mom was like, "No." You know, <laughs> that's the problem of having older siblings because they go and do bad things, and then you know they, they automatically think, "Yep, you're going to do that lifestyle." Absolutely not. And it's like, "What are you talking about? I just want to go watch these bands. I love these bands." And then the night you were there, I remember feeling really depressed because I wasn't there. It was like yeah. you took my girlfriend out, and you know that like that. You know what I mean? It was like that level of jealousy. And so I was sat there with my headphones on, listening to Sepultura all night and just moping. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't. I mean, it was a great night. It, we just kind of mostly walked around the lawn. You know, we didn't have pavilion seats or anything. So, but it was man, it was fun. And I like his. My buddy that I went with, like his whole family went, like they loaded up their van, his mom and the, his siblings, and like they all went, they went to the fair while we went to the concert. So it was cool. Oh, and I almost forgot my visual aid. This is the program from that show. You can see all their mascots on there and that logo. And this thing is big. Like it's, you know, mm-hmm. this is a big book. It's seen better days, but I still have it. Nice. What's on the inside? Uh, it's mostly just pictures. Um, I don't. That's funny. I actually have a clipping of a picture from a magazine of yeah. uh, young, yeah. young yeah. Tom, young Dave, young Scott, and uh, <laughs> so that's like centerfold is pictures of the bands and the logo, and it's just really, mm-hmm. it's just. Uh, different pictures of the band there's an anthrax spread and it's all stuff like that cool and that was uh persistence of time era for that tour for them persistence of time uh rust in peace, rust in peace and, and seasons, seasons in the abyss yeah great albums across the board that was a and, good year and of course facelift yeah yeah no doubt <laughs> man and That's... let's let's just tell the crowd too that scott ian loves the name metalhead monday yeah yes 
We have it. We have it officially. Yep. We're He's a fan of me. Yes. So that's yeah. actually, that's on the Wanderings of Wool Gathering Facebook page, if anyone would like mm-hmm. to see that. Uh, yep. Some nice uh, guy <laughs> got me a cameo from Scott Ian, and he loved my name. So. Yep. And he said it rhymed with King Kong Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> if only he could see me. Yeah, exactly. Not far off, right? Spelt. That's the way. That's how we uh, describe Monday. <laughs> I feel like you almost cheated having your first concert be that. I feel like yeah, I know, right? It's, it's like driving. You should start off with a Chevette before you build up well, to the nicer cars. And you went straight in for the Cadillac. Yeah. If we want to split hairs, I could say technically my first concert was legendary country artist Crystal Gale. Ooh, at the uh, Kokomo Memorial Gym with my oh, grandparents. Wow. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> man. it's not as the story's not as good, but yeah, maybe it's true. I don't know. Yeah, we, that's why we don't say that. We don't yeah, say get, that. In that case, does uh, Cowboy Bob musical performance count? Yes, it absolutely. <laughs> oh, Everybody I saw him Cowboy too. Bob as a kid. Yep. <laughs> I saw we him the at the uh, Ringling Brothers Circus. Oh, nice. I met him in the elevator and he gave me a signed 8 by 10 Very cool. Do you still have that too? <laughs> I, I thought I did, but I don't know where it is. You should put it in your Clash of the Titans book, okay? I'm just right. saying. <laughs> All right. Well, I just, I should have gone first. <laughs> i can't follow that I don't, and yours is pretty cool too but but colin hay didn't say hey i love foggy in his name so yeah, well. yeah. <laughs> anyway so my first one i guess it's only kind of cool because it was 1981 so i was only 10 um and my yeah. brother took me and it was the indianapolis tennis center um in indianapolis wow. and it was billy idol opened for minute work wow so it yeah, was all in the cool. fervor of, you know, down under and all that kind of stuff. And people mm-hmm. were talking about Vegemite sandwiches and everything. So that was kind nice. of cool. Um, it was, a, at the time, I consider it an amazing concert because I liked both. I really liked Billy Idol. listened to him since he was in Generation X. And mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I was a huge yes. fan of him anyway. So that was probably the highlight for me. But it was cool. My brother took me. He didn't have to do that, which was awesome. You don't want your 10-year-old brother tagging along. But he did it. So thank nice. you, Brian. That was good. And I'm yeah. jealous too because uh, yeah. I believe uh, Steve Stevens was uh, the guitar player then. So mm-hmm. uh, should have been. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it was of course you're at the tennis center, so it's small, so it's a mm-hmm. nice open venue. Yeah. Um, so it was really cool. It was outdoors, and it was a it was a pretty cool show. Sweet. So, not anthrax or anything, but <laughs> <laughs> what is really not everything <laughs> is cool Monday. We all have a nice first concert. Let's just add an interesting concert moment. JPP is here. I'm sorry, you're really choppy. Can you repeat that? Yeah, my end too. Mm -hmm. And now he's frozen and blurry. Yeah, Yeah, looks like I've had too many daiquiris here. Seriously? Seriously. I I did hear that. That did compute, but you still kind of paused in your pose. Oh, you moved a little. You're buffering. <laughs> well, still going. I still hear everything. So as long as you guys are going, I hear it on my end. Let's just keep rolling. Cool. So you're talking about favorite concert moments and such? Yes. Cool. Got there's it. there's millions of them. <clears throat> but oh, uh, so many. 
Yeah, no kidding. I feel like, yeah, Paul Paul worked at Karma Records, which is like a local, not local, but kind this is kind of an Indiana chain one. Regional, it? yeah, for you. Yeah, so and they sold concert tickets. So when Paul started working there during the summertime, that's all he and I did was go to concerts. Yeah, go pretty ahead. much. Yeah, no. So um well, of course, you know, seeing anthrax later on with like what was it, biohazard and was, no, I mean, it, uh, that was Pantera, Sepultura. Yeah, that was a great show. And then it was Anthrax later on. And they were uh, white zombie. zombie. And Quicksand opened for one of those lineups at that time, mm-hmm. too. So got to be turned on to new bands then for sure. We saw them on Headbangers Ball. But one of my favorite yeah. moments was uh, Lollapalooza 97. Uh, it was Tool and Prodigy were the headliners. And yep. uh, I, I hung out a lot at the second stage, honestly. Got to see some indie bands. And I met this little band called Failure. And, uh, you know, at the time, you know, never really. I saw one video on MTV, and I definitely wanted to see them live. And, I mean, they just blew me away. And then Ken came down and chatted and signed a little sticker. His guitar player came down and signed a sticker. And it turned out to be Troy uh, Van Leeuwen from Perfect Circle. And uh, it was just really awesome. And he's like, well, I'm going to go watch Tool. You're welcome to tag along if you want. So I walked with him. And then he was like, and this is where we part ways because I am going to go backstage and watch from the side. And you can go see where from wherever you are. So I took my little spot in the, the pavilion. And that was that. And uh, that was really cool because, um, you know, Tool was killer. And then Prodigy was great. Uh, Keith Flint came running down my aisle and yep. all that kind of stuff. And just a really awesome blend of you know, my love of electronic music and metal and all that good stuff too. And I remember Tricky was performing there too. And uh, it was like the Marley family. They had a uh, lineup uh, there think, that was really yeah. cool. Um, just great, diverse lineup. It was, it was really cool. And my, yeah, I was, go ahead. That was a fun show. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't believe, I believe I was there with my, um, Mm -hmm. That would have been my wife at that time, not my current wife. So I stayed with her. I didn't go with you to the sideshow. No, no side stages and all that. So, yeah, I was kind of the loner that day, but it was fun. I want to give my, my other favorite concert was when I worked at a guitar shop in, in the hometown, uh, one of our product reps came in and he was talking to me and my buddy Andy and he's like, Hey, you guys happen to like King's X? I'm like, love King's X. One of my faves. He's like, well, they're, they're playing at the patio tonight. And I used to be their tour manager. If you want to come, I'll just put your name on the list and you guys just come on in. So we did. And, uh, they had arena sized rigs in the patio, which like about 50, 60 max capacity. Face off. What's that? How'd they fit that in there? The patio is so tiny. Well, you know, it's basically like three, four amps on one side, three, four amps on the other, and then a drummer, and it was just like, bam! It was huge. (laughs) And then, of course, after the show, um, our our rep said, yeah, come on, we'll go say hi to him and stuff. So I got to talk with Doug Pinnock for a while and and, uh, guys, and just super humble, nice fellas. And in fact, I saw Doug Pinnock was at the Corn concert recently. He posted a story, and like, I think he's pushing 70 now, and he doesn't look at yeah. He's uh, in there in the crowd, just bouncing around like crazy, and it's like, still, man, I want to be like him when I grow up. <laughs> still sounds great. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. So uh, King's X is amazing. That's that's yeah, that's killer. Mm-hmm. Huge sound for a three piece. Yeah. Bottom line. So anyway, I'm done talking. All right, Monday. What do you got? Well, Paul, like I said, Paul and I, we've been to a lot of the same shows. Um, I don't know. I got to say, uh, <clears throat> it's been fun. Uh, going to a lot of concerts with my wife, Lacey. Um, she did not have the same experience that Paul and I did. So she didn't go to a lot of shows when she was younger. So 
I think the first band that we saw together was, um, well, the first show that we went to was uh, Flogging Molly, which was amazing. You know, I love the Irish music and that's kind of one of the things we bonded over when we first started dating and stuff. So that was really cool. And, and I also saw Frank Turner there who I absolutely love. Uh, sometimes if I go to a show and there's an opener that I've never heard of, I kind of try to dig deep on them before I see them. And man, I am a lifelong Frank Turner fan now. And I actually met him cause he was at his merch table after he played. So that was pretty cool. Um, there was a lot of shows. It seemed like every time Paul and I went to a show together, we ended up meeting someone. Like, I mean, we met Anthrax. We, we saw a ministry and the Young Gods opened up for them. We met their Young Gods keyboard player. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met uh, Christian Old Wolbers from Fear Factory when we saw them. Yep. We saw, I mean, it's kind of cool how you just kind of bump into people, you know? Yep. So, and then we met Anthrax with the the... Uh, Misfits was the headliner in Life of Agony couldn't make it because their tour bus broke down. Yes. And <laughs> one of one of my favorite bands since the 90s is Prong. And never got the chance to see them until they came to Kokomo, Indiana for some <laughs> reason. We had we had a bar here that had they were pulling some big names for a while, some fairly decent names. And uh like I saw Soulfly there. And the uh, prong came through and I'm like, Oh my God, they're like literally two minutes away from me. I gotta go see him. Mm-hmm. And we ended up, uh, it's a tiny place. So we, we ended up meeting Tommy Victor and art Cruz, who was the drummer for prong at that time. And, uh, Paul, <laughs> Paul kind of made a connection with art over where he, where Paul worked at that time. And they started emailed kind of an email relationship. And, when they rolled back through Indy, Paul hit him up and Art put us on the guest list. So we saw them for free in Indy again. So that was pretty cool. And we met them again there. So yep. that was that was definitely a highlight for me. I, I love Prong so much. Yeah. So Yep. You got the little wristband with a logo on it. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of like Wayne's World. <laughs> Backstage pass. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that, though. I was hoping no. it was. But we didn't really get to hang out with them. Yep. Yeah, Center Stage was the place. And, you know, the worst part about that show was they had a dozen opening acts. It felt like there was like five of them. So Prong didn't even go on until after midnight. And apparently that tour was notorious for that kind of business model when Prong was pissed. (laughs) Yeah, it was terrible. So many horrible, horrible bands. So bad. Yep. Oh, and I saw Seven Dust at Center Stage here. Mm -hmm. So, and got to hang out with uh, LeJohn and I believe it was Vinny a little bit. Mm-hmm. Vinny was uh, very intoxicated. <laughs> Oops. He was very friendly. <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow. Those are, a, that's a quite a, quite a few cool shows. Oh yeah. Good times. Yeah. Been a lot. You know, yeah. And I remember when we saw Anthrax, I think it was like right after I got married, it was like 2005, 2006, when they did that among the living tour with Dan Spitz coming back on board. And yes. you and I, that Fort Wayne Coliseum, and you and I decided to uh, kind of stand in in the front area as much as we could. Sean stayed up in the uh, up, you know, in the seats, which I should have in hindsight because I took a knee, <laughs> to the kidney because the mosh pit was right behind me, and I was we so got knocked around me. a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, I'm getting a little too old for this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and you know, uh, Jeremy, I too have been to a concert with Lacey. 
You have. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. It was uh, one we shared last. Well, gosh, it's last year. No, no, actually, <laughs> it's been a couple of years now, thanks yeah. to COVID. But uh, yeah, we all saw a Ghost together. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was and a yes. fun, fun show. And she so came to Soulfly with you at the Vogue, didn't she? She did. Yeah, yes. I, which I still think is hilarious because I don't. Mm-hmm. You, I think you've all heard my impression of her impression of Max Cavalera, <laughs> which is basically I'm listening to Soulfly or something, and Sepultura. She walks in the room and just goes, arr, 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 arr. <laughs> "That's the garbage disposal." So, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have to have her on the show to do that sometime. Yeah, yeah definitely. No, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. I, <laughs> I still like the time when you and I met. Um, uh, Woody and uh, what's his name from COC, and she's like, "I'm glad you guys are excited, but it looks like you're taking pictures with homeless men." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was uh, Woody. It was yeah, Pepper. Woody and Pepper. Pepper. And, yeah. yeah, I sent her the pictures, and she was like, "Cool." I don't know who that is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Well, I've got a couple, I guess. Um, so, I really liked back in the day seeing uh, people who became a lot bigger when they was very small. So we were at, at IU in Bloomington. I think this was probably 92 or three. It was when live came out with mental jewelry and they came to the, um, the center in the middle, the union hall. And mm-hmm. it was just a teeny little room and they just were set up in there and everybody just stood around them as they played. And it was one of those moments where you were just so close that, you know, and it was right in your face and it was so good. And it was before they really blew up. Um, with throwing copper later and all of that, um, lightning crashes, you know, became really big and all that. So that was a really cool experience. And of course, you guys know I love uh, Smashing Pumpkins, and uh, they had played in Bloomington at a um, at a frat house, <laughs> and I saw them there, which was weird. But then the the time I saw them was really cool. Is they were at this little venue at the Indiana Fairgrounds. It wasn't the Coliseum; it was this little room off to the side. And so it was really small and you got what you expected. He yelled at us for requesting songs, which was just amazing. Cause that's what you want at a Billy. Concert. I have a question about that. Yes. That, so that room, was it kind of like just a uh, kind of narrow and long with like stage at one end? <clears throat> yeah. And it wasn't, there's not really a high ceiling. It's like an yes. exhibition okay. hall. It's really small. That, I saw Megadeth there in mm-hmm. like 93. Three, I think it was the um, oh gosh, down to extinction tour. Yes, it was that tour, and the mm-hmm. opener was Stone Temple Pilots. Nobody knew who the hell they were. Right. Nice. Yeah. So anyway, okay. That's I don't know what that place is called, but that's the where I saw them too. Indiana man, quickly find it. It's that little venue at the uh, state <laughs> fairgrounds. Come on, you can come through for us. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, I guess one of the it's weird. I, I'm not. You know, Slipknot and Rush are two of my favorite concerts, but they're not on here because it was kind of a cool moment. 1987, I was 16, and we loaded up a van, and we all went to see U2 on the Joshua Tree Tour. Oh, cool. And nice. so what was really neat is the opening band comes out, and it's a country band, and we're like, what? I'm like, oh, my God, that's Bono. That's, that's the edge. They're dressed up as another band opening for themselves it was like a really cool moment that you don't get at a lot of shows so that was really a neat experience and that one was at market square arena back in the day and so cool um their shows of course got a lot bigger since then but it was Mm -hmm. a cool and i love that album still love that album i don't love you two nearly like i used to like them but that album still i think stands the test of time and is brilliant so nice um here's a here's a 
kind of an oddball question. It's not really, more like a curveball, but do you have any memories of wild concert moments, like some chaos or anything like that? Oh, yeah. I got a good one. Mm-hmm. I got a real good one. Go for it. So uh, I went to a one. I don't remember what year it was, but there it was one of the family values tour, like corn and Limp Biscuit. Uh, that year, I want to say Limp Biscuit was headlining. I, I went there with you. Um, maybe it was corn headlining because I don't think you were at this show. Okay, I think I'm... Danny Danny was at this show. A friend Danny Moore. Mm-hmm. Um. But I went with uh, some friends from work. I worked at Farmore at that time, which okay, does yeah. not exist anymore. And we were on the floor. And this was also, this was at Market Square. So they had the, they used to do hockey games in Market Square. And they had mm-hmm. like the hockey barriers up around the floor. And then kind of a pit area where uh, security and people would walk. And then the stands went up from there. So at some point some dude people were jumping from the stands onto the floor and it was crazy. And some dude jumped and kicked my buddy's girlfriend in the head. Oh, and like just, he like hit the floor and jumped up and ran like he was gone. Like we didn't even have time to say anything to him. Wow. And she was standing there for a second, just holding her head and she was talking to us. And then she just like her eyes rolled back and she was out. Oh my God. Out cold we had to carry her over to the medics and uh we uh yeah that was insane that was that was scary it was real scary (laughs) but she made a full recovery and like we were good deal thanks indiana man enjoy the rest yes Yes. thank you yeah that was right after i graduated and moved to indy um before i headed back to kokomo so wow crazy great show great show like i said if you don't get yelled at Back mm-hmm. in those days, it wasn't a good concert. So we did. <laughs> yeah. I felt good about it. Good deal. Um, two of the craziest moments. Well, I remember the first uh, time we saw Nine Inch Nails was at uh, mm. uh, Ball State. In their, Ball State. Uh, mm. In the yeah. arena there. And the Rush. Yeah. Well, yes. we took our buddy uh, We took our buddy Jeff. Were you at that show too, Steve? I was I not Tony at that was. one. Yeah, Tony but, was uh, there. But uh, that was remember, Jeff's first show, right? Yeah, yeah, he was screaming like he yeah. was on the Ed Sullivan show with the Beatles. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's crazy. But then, you know, uh, out of nowhere, basically anybody that was facing the stage directly in the upper pavilion or upper sections came rushing down, and I saw people drop kicking and just you know bum rushing the floor. And you know, I thought, oh my gosh, that's crazy. But luckily, our stayed pretty yeah. chill. I was happy where I was, but I took yeah. a coworker. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like we were like scared kids. Like, you're like, what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> I'm going to die. But uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I went to uh, Wu-Tang and Rage Against the Machine at Deer mm-hmm. Creek. And mm-hmm. I took a, a young co-worker of mine um, when I worked at uh, Sam Goody. And, uh, you know, he was still in high school at the time. And his mom said, you know, take good care of him. You know, let him enjoy the show and all this stuff. <laughs> Wu-Tang told everybody in the lawn to get in the pavilion. And we got squished. Oh. And people got hurt. Um, there was a lot of, um, you know, chaos. Of course, people throwing the sod and all that kind of stuff, yep. as they tend to do at OzFest and everything as well. But um, it was really uncomfortable to watch Rages Against Machine. I'll tell you that. Because Wu-Tang's, clan, Wu-Tang's set was great, don't get me wrong. But, they, I mean, people just would not stop pushing to get into where we were. Mm-hmm. And, man, that was I, – I didn't know if we were going to get out of that one. <laughs> I, I really think that I've got you both beat on 
Well, good. Just the harrowing experience. So I had to take Sistine to Camp Rock. Oh my gosh. It was brutal. <laughs> I remember that. It was painful. <laughs> it was so funny. They would they had these, they would call up a, a couple kids on the stage and um, they were teaching them a dance or whatever. And so all the girls on the lawn and every, they're all standing up and you could just look to your left and your right. Every dad was there with their kid sitting on the lawn, just as everything went on around us. Just thinking, Oh God, when is this going to be over? <laughs> it was, it was rough. It was like a, I have a good one. That's a psychic uh, commiserating, if you will. <laughs> Commiseration. Go yeah. ahead. <coughs> I, have a good, I, I have a good one. That's kind of the reverse of that. So, uh, my boys, they both used to like uh, Panic at the Disco. Mm -hmm. We've taken them to see them twice. They are so, so good live. Excellent band. I would see them again in a heartbeat. Um, the first time we saw them, they were opening for Weezer. So like a whole big group of uh, my oldest son's friends went to the show. So we met up with them panics playing and they're all going nuts and whatever and weezer comes on and all the kids just sat down <laughs> and we were like weezer wow <laughs> didn't realize they were generational i thought everybody liked weezer man yeah wow all right well that was fun that was a good that was a cool little trip down memory lane oh yeah but um now we got to get to the real business because this is episode 100. I when we started this, I had no idea that we would make it to 100, and now I feel like we're full steam ahead. 200 will be right around the corner. But uh, looking back, what are some of your favorite moments or connections or whatever music that we found over these past 100? Because I've been opened up to a lot of new music, a lot of people, and I feel like we've made some mm -hmm. friends through the show. So, what do you guys think? What are some of the moments that really stand out to you? Who do you want to go first? I don't care. Whoever's ready to roll. Go for it, Monday. Go ahead, Paul. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. If you insist. Both well, of us me, at once. Ready? Go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for me, I mean, I liked the butterfly effect that happened with uh, an acquaintance of mine, Mr. Stephen Siebold of Hate Department. And one time on Facebook, I saw that uh, he said, hey, there's this really cool project out called Beauty and Chaos. Be sure to check it out. There's wonderful things going on. And I listened to it and thought, man, this is really cool. We should give it a listen. And then we listened and reviewed here on the episode on the show, you know, as an episode. And uh, I think Michael's Google filter picked up on the fact that we talked about it because he reached out out of nowhere and said, hey, thanks. You guys really got what I was after. And he became a, a guest on the show with him and his wife. And now he's a friend of the show. And, you yeah. know, he's course thrown me some remix opportunities so he's really fostered my creativity in that regard and kind of put the fire under my tail to keep going um in times when i'm in a rut and that sort of thing so that was incredible and the fact that you know we've created a a nice connection with him and he's always throwing us other things to check out and you know his enthusiasm for being in the industry for as long as he has been is impeccable and you know it's inspiring yeah i it's I, I don't know. I, I didn't really know exactly how he like found us. Like I know, I remember that Steven, you know, hook, hooking you up with that and mm -hmm. saying, check this out. But yeah, that, and I, you know, as small as we are, like that dude's the president of Schecter guitars. Like he has no reason to bother with us at all. You know, <laughs> like this, this show is 
beneath him really i mean <laughs> let's be honest but but man yeah mm-hmm. so cool that he just you know keeps coming back and really like the opportunities he's given you paul and that, right. yeah it's very very cool and his wife is lovely as well yep good yeah, people. Tish was awesome yeah you know and really we could seg segue into you know one that i was going to talk about it overall was just the fact that he has introduced us to people that have then come on the show people that mm-hmm. we listen to Yep. Um, Ashton Knight comes to mind. He came on the show with his yep. release that he did. Holy um, Wars. Really, yeah, Holy Wars. We had um, we reviewed that. Um, she was on the show. Very funny. Cat um, and Nick both were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was fantastic. And then um, one of the people on the new release, Whitney Ty. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone back and forth with her a few times. She's going to send some more details because she's got a um, project coming up. Um. I think it's going to be out in the next couple of months. Another one outside of Beauty and Chaos. So I'm going to cover that and hopefully cool. we'll have her on the show. But it's just been like a chain of really cool things because Michael is awesome and he's introduced us to some really nice people and we've been able to have him on the show. And not only that, I love it. The basis of our show is that we review records. And so we got to review his record. And the cool thing is we all loved it. I mean, it was we all love post-punk kind of music and mm-hmm. it has that feel just mm-hmm. really genuine, authentic music, and we all liked it. So, yeah, I really, you know, yep, yeah. Uh, Holy Wars, I I love their stuff, and I I recently it's been maybe a few months ago now, but I sent a message to Cat and because they I don't know if they put a new song out or something, but I just like sent her a quick message and I'm like, hey, you know, I don't know if you remember me, and she was like, oh yeah, how are you guys doing? But you know, she was wonderful and. Yeah, it's just good to good to meet nice people in the industry and that are making good music that you enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I'll go next because um, I guess I don't have a specific thing to highlight about this group, but I can say something um, coming up. But when we, everybody knows I'm the Rush guy on the show, and yep. so this little. Uh, group that plays violins and violas and they've got a drummer and uh, a bass well or sorry cello and so they redid 2112 and so that came to our attention and then we reached out and they were great they came on the show and so we kind of created a little relationship um with mr waters and um liza mcclellan and then she came back on the show and she went through we both read clockwork angels and then we reviewed the album with the novel together so they've been on a couple of times Uh, My son and I drove to Hamilton, Ontario to go watch them record the video live for 2112. So that was cool. I mean, just from, I guess, knowing that they were doing that, reaching out. And then the next thing you know, you know, we've built a relationship there. And then so he reached out to me today. He's producing the record and they've got new music coming up. And so over the next couple months, we're going to be able to bring some new music to you guys from Dave Quartet. So nice. that was a real highlight for me over the past 100 episodes. That's awesome. Yeah, their their stuff is so cool. So, so cool. And um, it's, you know, I've always enjoyed strings and like their their arrangements are really cool. And their their performance of 2112 is pretty, pretty spectacular. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Eliza came on, man. She was so cool. So nice. Yep, most certainly. Um, I was going to say too another piece, and I'll let you speak, Monday. But uh, some of my favorite moments in the episodes is when I was trolling Foggy at the beginning with technical difficulties or whatever, because of course, you know somebody's got to give the host a rough time occasionally. 
That is actually one of my favorites as well. So. <laughs> there were times I was waiting for it and it didn't come. And I was just like, oh, what are you sleeping on here? <laughs> Technical difficulties. I know. I need to work on that again. <laughs> Metalhead, go. Well, I, you know, I, I can't imagine that I would say anything other than talking about Jack the Radio. I mean, that, that whole experience oh, yeah. was... I mean, it just happenstance, total, total happenstance. You know, um, Foggy and I are big comic nerds. We have been our whole lives. We're slowly bringing Paul into the dark side. And uh, so, Still need to open uh, my order, as a matter of fact. <laughs> there you go. But uh, so we, uh, our local comic shop is Comics Cubed in downtown Kokomo. And our good buddy, Sean, um I, I went in there and he was like, Hey, this looks like something you would like and just handed me this comic. And, uh, I didn't bring that for visual aid. I should have, but, uh, <laughs> it was something, it said Jack the radio and it had some like skeleton, like metal skeleton cowboy looking. I'm like, what is this? So I was like, yeah, it looks cool. I took it home and it was, uh, basically adaptations of this band, Jack the radio of their songs in comic book form. And I was like, man, this is pretty cool. So I found their music and I was like, oh my God, these guys are good. So, and then we just kind of reached out to them and that, you know, um, George Hodge, the singer, guitar player, main songwriter, and Kevin Rader Rodenbaugh, the drummer came on the show and we found out that Kevin is from Kokomo like us. <laughs> he went, he went to Taylor where Paul and I graduated from and where Steve is now the principal. So <laughs> we were like, Holy crap. And yep, he uh, went to school with my sister and he was a ball yeah. state grad and new professors that I knew. And it was just like, yeah, are you just, stalking me <laughs> through a time machine or what? Uh, <laughs> such a small world. And they're based in North Carolina, we should say. So it's not yep. like they were in Indiana, they're in North Carolina. And we're like, Holy crap. Yep. So, and, uh, you know, I've kind of continued an online relationship with George. He's super cool. I've, mm -hmm. I've, you know, ordered some merch from him and love his artwork. And, uh, Kevin actually came home to Kokomo to visit some family and we ended up meeting with him and having some drinks and him and his lovely wife. Cool. And, uh, man, it was so cool. And he's, you know, I just talked to him, uh, very recently like just a few days ago and he said that you know if he comes back he's gonna try to make some more time for us so cool that it's just awesome to hook up with a band that is so good and you enjoy their music mm -hmm. and then they're really cool and you you know just kind of form lasting friendships so my goal now is to see them live yes <laughs> yeah, we will but you know and there's another one where we got another connection because of wave blue world because it had the comic mm. that went with it that we um, we reviewed at our website. And um, it was fun to listen to the record and read that at the same time because they were pretty seamless. It was very cool. And that hooked us up with more people. And um, uh, was it Mr. Zimmerman, I believe, was uh, one of the gentlemen we spoke with. And uh, it's fun because we love comics so much to talk to people who create them and find out what it takes and what the world of creating comics is like. And then we've got another new comic company coming up which will be cool again so yeah yeah looking forward to that yeah tyler tyler and justin from a blade she's a wave blue world <laughs> man they were so cool and that's 
So, and that, that was another, another connection through the comic shop too, because when COVID hit, like the main comic distributor kind of shut down. So Sean wasn't sure what he was going to do because he wasn't getting products. So he started reaching out to all these independent companies and ordering from them because they were still going and uh, they weren't shipping through this distributor. They were just shipping direct. So they kind of, and away blue world was one of those companies. So he ordered a bunch of their stuff and like they helped keep him afloat, you know, when COVID first hit. So Mm -hmm. very cool. <clears throat> JPP, any other moments stand out for you? Any other music that you found that? Um, trying to think. I mean, I, I liked. Uh, well, I mean, one of my favorite albums we reviewed was Rammstein's latest. Uh, that was <laughs> yeah. you know, front to back. I know you had a hard time with it because it wasn't in English, but uh, I found what's interesting is I found a, a, a vocal instructor vocal list if you will an opera singer she does reviews based off of viewer feedback so she's done a lot with like devin townsend tool and uh she did rammstein as well um what song was it um the one of the big long productions that auslander i think it's called or no deutschland it was deutschland Deutschland. yeah so she found the translation of the lyrics and stuff too so she went real in depth with it and it was very cool to kind of get your eyes open to you know what that was really about um trying to think uh writing the theme music was fun for monday and for tea bags uh and all that good stuff so (laughs) those are those were good times as well um and you know really when it comes down to it just some of the other guests we had too my buddy rob came and talked about you know his days of doing sound effect work for warner brothers and stuff and his uh industry um experience and he's he's a really good guy and and you know goofy and fun if you will gosh, that was 2019. That's three years ago now, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we've just covered a lot of different things. I mean, from Tom York and, you know, hearing people love it or hate it, Fiona Apple, love it or hate it. Um, you know, Tony loving Neil Young was also a, a key moment <laughs> in my life. Florida, baby. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> I wanted ever. I wanted to write a Neil Young-esque song for him and have it kind of play through an episode, but I never got around to getting it done. <laughs> I <laughs> Maybe almost, someday. I- I thought about sending Tony uh, like a a condolence card because you know once once Neil removed his music from Spotify, I don't know what Tony's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Null and void now, right? <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, we've had a lot of fun. We've put the fun and dysfunction around here. <laughs> Indeed, um, a couple that stood out for me, <clears throat> one that I never ever thought when we reviewed it that I would like was 21 pilots it mm-hmm. was because it had that super cool backstory and it had all those seeds that they had planted online. And it became like a huge thing where people were trying to figure out what the messages meant mm-hmm. and what the clues were. And the album, it's not something I want to go back to all the time, but it was decent enough, but it was just the buildup. I thought it was really cool. The way that they, um, you know, you don't use your record companies like you used to anymore mm-hmm. the money's just not there so you got to be creative in the way that you use your internet and all that and so i think what they did through social media and reddit and all these things was so cool and so that was an album that really surprised me and um honestly the one we just did a few weeks ago steve Vai, that really surprised me i didn't yeah. anticipate liking that as much as i did i thought it would be a shredder just like a you know zach wilde you know guitar <laughs> solo for for half an hour and uh, that was definitely not it and i really enjoyed that so that's something that i do go back to already yeah. and i think i'll continue 
Yeah, and case in point, like, you know, there's bands that we've loved through the years. And, of course, we gravitate towards things that we're more passionate about naturally. And sometimes we explore the fringe. But when you take a band like Nine Inch Nails and we had a release that we reviewed and most of us were kind of like, it was kind of predictable, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, we're not just hyping up the bands we like because we like them. We're going to be honest about, you know, this is what's great about it. This is what was kind of crap and (laughs) going to go about our day, you know, and I mean, really... It's like we're still nice about it. It's not like, well, most of us anyway. Some some people well, get a little grumpy. Well, if you <laughs> I remember, was not nice. No, you I, weren't nice to Fiona. I was not nice about Fiona Apple. I was going to say that was one of the music music that I was surprised by was Fiona Apple because I love her first album. I dig her second album. Kind of fell off, and this one I absolutely hated, <laughs> and I could not say anything nice about it. I, it's like I just let my inner Oscar the Grouch out. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It was I. I felt like it was funny, but I don't know if somebody's listening to that. They might not. <laughs> I, I just kind of threw my hands up and like I got nothing here. So yeah, I think the rest of us liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But see, the, the stinker for me, which was really disappointing, is you know, Pumpkins are one of my top five bands of all time. I yeah. did not like the new record. I think I liked yeah. it less than everybody. Mm-hmm. I just could yeah. not get into it. So um, I think we're pretty honest about how we feel about these one things. that I, yeah one that i was pleasantly surprised about was the um metallica the snm2 because mm-hmm. i really was prepared for just more of the same kind of and but it's been so long since the last one that i feel like the band has grown and i the second one is so much better than mm-hmm. the first time around yeah. and i think they chose better songs um, and there were very, very few that I felt like were absolute clunkers. And I, there were several on the first time, on the first mm-hmm. go around. But yeah, and so the recording one, quality. Yes. And man, it, that was impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Man, yeah, man. I like that one a lot too. And I like the one, I like the fact that um, it wasn't just the orchestra playing their songs, but then they played a couple of songs that the orchestra mm-hmm. brought for, which was really a nice touch. And that yeah. I listened to that one a lot when it came out. I really like that one. Yeah. <clears throat> so anything else that jumps out before we close out? You know, we've had a lot of hit and miss this past couple of years because of COVID and crazy schedules and stuff, but it's been fun. I mean, really at the, bottom, at the end of the day, um, you know, we try to make it carve a little time and it's good for me too, because sadly i've been so busy that i don't listen to a lot of music these days but i've been finding myself listening more and uh getting fired back up and you know i guess one of my new year's resolutions is to take my music more seriously and you know start working on album a new album and under the phoenix supernova and really try to create a, a heartfelt project and just get some feels out because i don't get out much and you know there's not much else to do so might as well use my time creatively and, and, uh, yeah. you know, get my frustrations out. Yeah. That's no, awesome. I, that is awesome. And it, I love, I think the one thing that we did, I mean, we made a lot of mistakes along the way and we probably could have made this show a lot better, you know, as we went, but calling it wanderings and wool gathering opens it up so that it's not just music because we're mm-hmm. so passionate about comics and things like that, that it allows us to do those things as well, because I loved having, you know, a blade, 
a way blue world. God, that's a tongue, tongue twister. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and I'm excited to have Star Child on and we've been able to talk about books and things like that. So it's nice that it kind of encompasses basically anything that we want to do. Yeah. And I do have on order and I'm really excited it should be here soon. I'm, I may do like a live opening, but I did order oh, cool. Apocalypse 91 from uh, Public Enemy. It's a oh, real release. Yeah. So it's got the comic book with it. It's the hardcover. It's signed by Chuck D, which nice. I yeah, cannot wait for that. Jeez. It has some prints, one that he actually created. And then um, and it's got a new vinyl re-release. It's going to be, I think it's green um, cool. from that record, which is an amazing record. So when it comes in, I may do a live opening just to, to show everybody what that looks like. That's awesome. Super exciting. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, we've talked... You know, we brought some comics in. We've we've done some movie stuff. You know, we did the our big and uh, was it end game? Yep, end game. You know, review and we're we're doing TV, talking about Boba Fett and Peacemaker and all that. So yeah, I'm you know expanding our horizons. I'm I'm all for it. Yep, exactly. Wait till I add my cooking show segment or something. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, we're wandering and wool gathering. You can do whatever you want. Nice. Nobody cares. But um, we did, we have kind of meandered this week because it was number 100. But next week, we are back at it. We are going to be hitting it hard with... Monday. tell us what we're reviewing. <laughs> I believe next week we are uh, reviewing Slash's new album with Miles Kennedy. And I don't remember what his band is called. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Miles Kennedy is an amazing singer. so uh, And Slash is... He's a legend, so I'm looking forward to it. Yep. yep. The early releases are good. They're promising, so I, I'm looking forward to it. We always, uh, for those who are maybe new to the show, we break them down pretty much song by song, unless it's like that latest Metallica one that had 50-some songs on it. But <laughs> typically, we break them down song by song. And then we will also be back to doing a challenge prior to. I don't know if we'll get to the Lester Bangs challenges just yet, but mm. we're going to look at... Um, Songs next week that if you stripped all the music away, what song would have just like a would be a beautiful poem, super poetic, even without that music that gives you all of that drama and you know it gives you the feels. So strip it away, which one is good? So we're going to do that challenge. We're going to review Slash and um, Boys. Anything else before we sign off from episode one hundred? Congratulations on a hundred episodes, guys! Yeah. That's about awesome. I think, yeah, I think I came in about episode eight or nine. So I, I was listening and I kept, you guys kept mentioning me and then you had me on and then you couldn't get rid of me. So <laughs> <coughs> yeah, well, you were a welcome addition. So I think now you probably have the second most episodes next to me. Easy. Yep. yep. It's There's just a- fun for me. I just love doing it. I, I like, you know, I like getting on and talking about, whatever music like all the stuff i'm into i it's mm-hmm. i don't get to talk about this stuff with too many people so it's, it's just fun yep well how many albums of these that we've done have, would you not have listened to had we not been doing this show would you have listened Probably. to beauty and chaos had we not been and think about how much of our i don't know if i would have around that you know mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I would have found. I probably would have eventually because I feel like Paul would have heard it from mm-hmm. Stephen, and then he would have been like, "Hey, check this out, man!" And I would have been like, "Oh, this is cool," you know. Yep. Right. Yep. 
Yeah. I mean, I can't even count half the albums I would have never listened to before, like 21 Pilots for sure. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have touched that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, you know, even like Tom York's latest and and Fiona Apple, things like that. It's like, yeah, I mean, cool. I definitely enjoyed him back in the day, but I don't know that I would have gone and revisited it. But, you know, putting, uh, you know, myself to task was certainly essential. And, you know, it it's really, uh, I guess, I guess expanded my palate. I guess you, if you will, um, mm-hmm. back to some of those roots and that all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, I think it's awesome, and it's just fun. I love the challenges we've had. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we should have talked about that. Maybe another time we'll, we'll revisit some of those. But the challenges have been fun, so we'll get back to that next week. But until then, if anybody has listened or watched tonight um, and they want to go and follow you on social media, Mister Mundy, where might we find you? Easiest place to find me is on Instagram. I am at Metalhead Monday, and that, as you can see right there, is M U N D Y. Right, JPP. You can find me. My uh, new profile is the Phoenix Supernova on Instagram. If you want to go old school, you can find me under Just Plain Paul, all one word. But uh, I'm trying to grow that other account with some of the new stuff, and that's P H O E N I X. Not. You've been, you've been releasing some little snippets lately. Are any of those going to end up on some of your uh, record? That's my intention for sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of brewing some stuff in the lab and uh, making some noise and experimenting and just trying to mangle sound and, you know, let it express yeah. all my frustrations of uh, of the past couple of years. So I was laughing at the graphic. It says you can foggy at Foggy's Pal. <laughs> oh, man, I don't want a foggy. <laughs> I don't want a foggy either. <laughs> Gosh, and I'm the one that did these, and I screwed up my own. <laughs> nice. Technical difficulties. God, this StreamYard really is screwing things up. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I mean, clearly, I wouldn't have had the problem. Hey, hey there we go. See, StreamYard heard us, and they fixed it. <laughs> well God done, bless Peter. those people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, anyway, you can Foggy at <laughs> Foggy's Pal on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find Wanderings and Wool Gathering on YouTube now. You can find us live and you can find it after the fact. It will be posted there. You can also find us on Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, and SoundCloud. And you can find album, movie, TV, and comics reviews at wanderingsandwoolgathering.com. So I think that wraps up tonight. And we will see you next week for episode 101. See you then, everybody. Bye now.